The capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. Toughness. The ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape. Resilience. This is the Black Resilience Podcast, where we have real talk about real issues in order to get to real solutions. Get ready for raw and bold conversations about everything that impacts the lives of black people in America. Black people in America. Everybody no more sleeping in bed. No more back thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war and poverty. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Black Resilience Podcast. This is your host, Edith. I am so excited about today's show. It is the first of a two-part series. We're going to be talking about black entrepreneurship. That's right, black entrepreneurship and it being the best formula for black wealth in America. And for those of you who follow the Black Resilience Podcast on Instagram, you've probably already listened to the promo, so you already know where I'm going with this. And if you haven't listened to the promo, I'm going to give you a little bit of information on what we're going to be discussing during this two-part series. We all know that small businesses are the backbone to the American economy, without a doubt. History has shown us decades, decades have shown us small businesses are truly the backbone to the American economy. So we're going to be talking about how black entrepreneurship or black-owned businesses have truly been great for black people as far as their economic wealth in American society. And history has proven that even during Jim Crow laws, we had black Wall Street and black communities were thriving. That's right. During Jim Crow, most of us already know about Tulsa, Oklahoma, but there were a few other thriving black communities all across America, north, south, east, and west. We had Bronzeville in Chicago. We had Haiti in Durham, North Carolina. And let's not forget about Sweet Auburn in Atlanta, Georgia. We also have Farish Street in Jackson, Mississippi, all of these communities built black wealth by starting a small business. So let me tackle this first before I get too much into this good, good info. We all know that everyone is not equipped to be a business owner or to be an entrepreneur. I get that. And this is not what this series is about. We also know that it takes a diverse group of businesses to move the American economy forward, to keep it strong. That is pretty much the fiber of the American economy, to have diverse business sectors. So we have small businesses, we have big corporations, we have blue-collar workers, we have public service workers, we have... Well, healthcare workers, it takes it all to keep this economy moving. 
And most people have managed to be extremely successful being W-2 employees. And that is absolutely okay because some people are very, very content and successful in that space. But for this series, I want us to focus on how owning your own business can yield long-term financial stability and create generational wealth. And that's truly what it's all about, creating generational wealth, leaving something for the future generation, your grandkids and your grandkids' kids, and so on and so forth. So if you do have the talent, a particular talent or skill, you're passionate about it, you have access to resources, and you got to have a little business savviness as well. Start thinking about owning a business. Because I, again, truly believe this is the best formula for black wealth in America. Now, the question is, why do I believe owning your own business or being an entrepreneur? Again, I'm going to use those two terms interchangeably. Why do I feel that that's the best formula to achieve black wealth in America? I didn't say it was the only. I said it's the best. And the reason why I believe that is because the data has shown us and history has proven it. And that's what I want to get into for this two-part series. Okay, so let's get rolling. We'll be right back. You've been listening to the Black Resilience Podcast. Real talk, real issues, real solutions. Okay, thanks for tuning in. We're going to get right back into our discussion around black entrepreneurship being the best formula for black wealth in America. Before the break, I kind of gave you a little intro in the direction that this series will be going into. So I hope you are continuing to tune in and just support the Black Resilience Podcast only by subscribing and tuning in. Okay, so we're talking about black entrepreneurship or black businesses. And we talked about how black businesses were thriving way before slaves were free in 1865. African-American business originated days, days before, again, slavery ended. So I'm going to give you guys a little timeline on what that looks like. From 1693 to 1863, yeah, about 20 years, 1693 to 1863, they had free and enslaved African-Americans starting businesses, free and enslaved. The types of businesses, they were, you know, we had tobacconists, we had shoemakers, we had barbers, a seamstress, you know, the lady that makes all the nice clothes. Matter of fact, my grandmother, maternal grandmother, was a seamstress, a darn good one. These were the types of businesses that African Americans, both free and enslaved, they were starting. They had these businesses during 1693 and 1863. 
I bet you didn't know that. So our ancestors were doing their thing despite the conditions that they were enduring during those days. They were still thriving. And then between 1863 and 1877, you know, we had, of course, the emancipation and the start of the Reconstruction era. And this was where more black people started to start a business. They started owning their own businesses. And we'll go a little bit more into that. But before we get into that particular period, I want to talk a little bit more about what existed prior to 1865. On the record, the oldest African-American business in the United States at that time was E.E. Ward Moving and Storage. And it says, from my resources, it was established in 1881. So this was a little bit after the Reconstruction. Well, this was during the Reconstruction era between 1865 and 1900. E.E. Ward pretty much was a company, a moving company that was pretty much um, a stop for the Underground Railroad. This is where they would move people through the Underground Railroad. And it was a main stop. So during this time, this is what made them become really, really big because it was a stop on the Underground Railroad. It was one of the most respected and trusted moving companies in the country. E.E. Ward Moving and Storage. Now let's get into more about what happened during this Reconstruction era. Again, 1865 to 1900. Emancipation and civil rights permitted businesses to operate inside the American legal structure system. So that's pretty much what was happening during that period. And during this time, there was a remarkable development of black businesses. I mean, we had banks, insurance companies, undertakers, and retail stores. So this is what was going on during this particular era, 1865 to 1900. And then by 1890s, thousands of small business operations had opened up in a lot of urban areas across America. I mean, this was major, major growth for black businesses. Again, we're still dealing with Jim Crow issues, segregation, but black businesses were developing at a rapid speed because, again, a lot of black people, or let's just say black people during that time, were, were not allowed to go into white businesses. So they said, hey, let's create our own. And let's support our own. And that is exactly what happened. So during this particular growth period, they call it the golden age. So this was really considered the golden age of a rapid growth of black businesses that were absolutely thriving. And this was during the early 20th century. So again, they call this the golden age of black businesses. And we'll talk a little bit more about that just in a second. But let's just let's just 
digest this for a minute. So black people prior to 1865 had started businesses free and enslaved blacks, excuse me. Had a little choke in my throat there. So we're talking about tobacconists. We're talking about shoemakers. We're talking about cooks. We're talking about seamstress. This was the type, these were the types of businesses that black people were starting, whether they were free slaves or enslaved. And then after 1865, black businesses started really growing at a rapid rate. And then we enter into the 20th century, and then we have the Golden Age, which is from 1900 to 1930. Let's get into it. During the Golden Ages, 1900 to 1930, more and more black businesses started to develop because of Jim Crow. Black people were forced to start their own business. It wasn't really an option. It was force, but it was a, eventually ended up being a good force. But, and that's why when you talk to a lot of older people that lived during that time, they will tell you segregation was probably good for us during those days and all these Jim Crow laws, because it forced black people to start doing for themselves and creating their own wealth and building their own communities. So you had all across the country in urban areas, the majority, majority of the areas where black people live, you had small business popping up like crazy. I mean, there were honestly just popping up people. Everybody was opening some type of business to provide a service to help support black urban areas. So when we think about the types of businesses, let's get a little bit into that. During this golden age era, we had black businesses like insurance companies. We had record labels. We had funeral parlors, barbershops, beauty salons, soul food restaurants, bookstores, again, seamstress, we had cooks. I mean, the list goes on and on for the types of businesses that were popping up in all of these black communities during this particular golden age era. Now, another reason why a lot of these black communities were able to start small businesses was due to the establishment of the National Negro Business League. And I'm sure some of you are familiar with the National Negro Business League that later became named the National Business League, period. But initially it was called the National Negro Business League, and it was started by the great Booker T. Washington. It was founded in 1900. So again, the golden age was from 1900 to 1930. So... At the beginning of this era, Booker T. Washington established the National Negro Business League. And this particular league 
supported black businesses. It the establishment was pretty much to help support the, the development of black businesses. So by 1905, they had 320 chapters. 320 chapters. And then by 1915, it had more than 600 chapters in 34 states. Wow. So they saw that all these black businesses were popping up in the early, you know, after 1865 and the early 1900s. And Booker T. Washington said, okay, we got to get this organized. We're going to have a league that's going to support the establishment and sustainability of black businesses. And then, wow, black businesses started to grow even more at a rapid rate. So most of these, so we had, so gang, we had 34 chapters by 1915. There were 34 chapters of black businesses. And according to the National Business League, the number of black-owned businesses doubled from 20,000 in 1900 to 40,000 in 1914. There were 450 undertakers in 1900 and a rising 1,000 by 1914. Drug stores rose from 250 to 260, I'm sorry, 295. Drug stores rose from 250 stores to 695, black-owned. And then we had small businesses had jumped from 10,000 to 25,000, again, by 1914. Wow. Just think about that for a minute. Again, this was doing Jim Crow. This was doing, you know, some of the worst. This was before the Civil Rights Movement. This was doing Jim Crow. So these black businesses started to thrive. They started to make, create real wealth in their own communities. And one of the leading black businesses during the 1900s was Atlanta, Georgia. It was one of the leading cities that had some of the most black businesses in one area. And that made it a major turning point for the city of Atlanta. And this was during a time where um, businessmen were reducing their, their contracts with black customers. Uh, this, a lot of white people decided that they was not going to work with black people. So, again, black entrepreneurs rushed to fill the gap. So if insurance companies, a white insurance company said during that time, we're not going to work with blacks, we're not going to serve black customers, a black person would come in and say, okay, I'm going to start an insurance company. And this was an ongoing pattern that was happening, and this, is, this was happening in Atlanta where a lot of more black-owned businesses started popping up all at once. So it was considered to be the leading city of black-owned businesses during that particular era, at that particular point. 
And then you started having a number of black doctors and lawyers. White lawyers were saying, I don't want to work with black clients. Well, when something would go wrong and they needed legal advice, they would just hire a black lawyer. And that's how black people supported black businesses in the community. And then you have, in addition to what was going on in Atlanta, you also had what was going on in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes, Black Wall Street, again. The emergence of affluent black communities in this Greenwood district of Tulsa, Oklahoma. This was a major deal in that particular city because it was a lot of segregation like everywhere else in the in the South. And black people were not being able to go and patronize white businesses. So in this in this Greenwood district of Tulsa, Oklahoma, they again went full force in establishing black businesses and the black community was supporting those businesses only. They weren't going outside of the community. They stayed in their community. And that's what made them thrive so successfully, which, in my opinion, white folks got jealous, and that's what created the demise of that awesome, rich, wealthy community. But that's another, that's another topic during another episode. So we have Black Wall Street. We have this golden age era where black businesses were thriving And then we have a multitude of different types of black businesses that were really thriving and filling in the gaps when white businesses decided that they did not want to serve black people. Wow. So when I come back, we'll talk more about the growth of black-owned businesses in America. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You've been listening to the Black Resilience Podcast. Real talk, real issues, real solutions. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we are talking about black entrepreneurship, the best formula for black wealth in America. And before the break, I gave you all a pretty detailed timeline of the history of black-owned businesses in America as early as 1693. And then we also talked about black owned businesses during the reconstruction era. And then we got really deep into uh, black owned businesses during the golden age where there was a tremendous growth of black owned businesses, wealthy black um, communities. There were black folk during that period was just absolutely thriving And a lot of that was credited to the establishment of the National Negro Business League, which was founded by Booker T. Washington. So for this final piece of this particular episode, I want to talk to you all about the state of black businesses pretty much during the 2002-2011 period. We still are in a good place as far as black businesses have been on a very steady growth trajectory during this period, but toward the end of this time period, we're going to start seeing a decline, and there are going to be some reasons for that. But let me give you a little bit of data um, for this particular time period. 
the data shows that between 2002 and 2011, there were about 2 million black-owned businesses. About 2 million black-owned businesses. And 96% of those black-owned businesses were considered to be non-employer firms compared to 80% of all small businesses. And then 32% of the black-owned employer firms were in the healthcare and the social services sector. And if you recall, at the top of this uh, episode, we talked about the types of black-owned businesses that black people were establishing in during the golden age era. A lot was in the insurance industry, the service industry. So that seems to be a very common space for black-owned businesses to, to go into. But I also want to talk about some of the obstacles that black entrepreneurs started to face during this particular time period, you know, closer toward 2011 and beyond. They started to see a huge decline in black entrepreneurs, you know, black-owned businesses starting up. And a lot of that was because So they had limited access to startup capital to start businesses. The banks were changing the rules. So it was harder and harder for black entrepreneurs to go into banks and require a loan to use to start a business. That's when the turn happened and black businesses started to go on a decline. But there were still black businesses thriving during that time period, but primarily there were in the health care related industry and what we started to see during this time period also was that the the actual gap the black white wealth gap started to get much wider there was a huge gap growing between black and white business owners and more and more black businesses. If they weren't starting the businesses, a lot of those businesses started to suffer and had to close. So toward the end of this period, we started to see this decline. And then COVID hits. We have a major pandemic And across the board, this has impacted the American economy. But more importantly, black businesses really suffered as a result of this pandemic. So some of the data that I found showed that according to the 2021 um, U.S. Census Bureau, and the the annual business survey um, report, which covers about most of all the business surveys that they do. It showed that uh, in 2019, approximately 18.7% of U.S. employers were minority-owned. 18.7%. Now, this does not mean black minority-owned. This means minority-owned, which includes all other ethnic groups, um, you know, veteran-owned businesses, 
represented about 5.7% and about 20.9% of the businesses were also women-owned. So they started to see a decline, and within that 18.7%, about 12% were black-owned businesses. So this data is showing us that between 2002 and 2011, black businesses were pretty much still growing and doing okay. And then toward closer to that 2011 end, a lot of the rules were changing for how you can get business loans at the banks, which impacted black entrepreneurs tremendously. And then we get hit with a pandemic, which also impacted black black owned businesses. Black owned businesses did get hit hardest. The data proves that. But what I want you all to really think about is the overall benefit of how having healthy black businesses that are doing well, even when an economy might not be doing that well, it still creates an opportunity to be self-sustaining financially and to begin to build some form of long-term generational wealth and financial stability. Black people did it in 1600s. Black people did it in the 1900s. We can still do this because this is what leads to long-term generational wealth. This is what make our community stronger. But the other piece to having a successful business and also being able to provide critical services and goods to your own community, your people have to support it. So the success of a lot of those Black-owned businesses during the Reconstruction era, during the Golden Age era, the success was also due to the fact that Black people supported those businesses, mainly because during that time period, Black people could not go to white businesses. We could not go to white businesses during that time period, so we were forced to create our own and support our own. We need to get back to that mindset where we will make an effort to support our own businesses. Yes, we do have the freedom today to spend our money wherever we want to be. But at the end of the day, if we're going to think about strengthening our communities where we have the resources to build long-term wealth so we can put our dollars back into our communities. We have to support black-owned businesses because we do a great job, and the data has shown. When you look at the data for the black dollar and the buying power of black folks in this country, it clearly shows that we have a lot of power when it comes down to how we spend our dollars. And if we would dedicate some of that to make an effort to support a Black-owned business in our community, I think we would be 
on the right path to getting back to that black Wall Street that we know we are capable of creating in our communities all across this country. So think about that. When you go and you purchase that next uh, manicure and pedicure, when you go and you purchase your next car, I mean, I'm sure there's some black-owned car dealerships in your communities. My whole purpose of wanting to hone in on this piece is to explain and to share how critical it is for us to support black-owned businesses because we do a great job supporting other businesses. We do a great job supporting Chinese, Vietnamese, Mexican, whatever it is, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But let's try to dedicate some of our dollars to also support black-owned businesses so we can get back to a place where we are doing what we need to do to strengthen our communities because our buying power is probably the most powerful thing. So this concludes part one of a three-part series on Black entrepreneurship, the best formula to black wealth in America. Uh, In episode two and three, I'm going to talk about in two tools and resources you can use if you want to start a business and also how to sustain a successful business. Believe it or not, even in the midst of this situation we're in right now, there are still resources out there to support small businesses. And in episode three, I'm going to be interviewing some awesome individuals to talk about their journey to entrepreneurship or owning a business and the success, the highs and the lows. But overall, they're going to talk about their journey to becoming successful business owners. So I know you all want to tune in for that. You've been listening to the Black Resilience Podcast. Real talk. Real issues. Real solutions. Until next time. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. Stay, stay, strong, stay strong. Stay resilient. Stay resilient. 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 Wake up. Everybody. We on, need it. No more sleeping in bed. No more backward thinking. Time for thinking ahead. Wake up. All your teachers start to teach a new way. The ones that suffer, mention every day, teach the children.